Worried about how to juggle your product biz when your team consists of just you? Don't worry, we got you covered. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you, who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Welcome back. Today we are talking all about managing your digital product-based business when it's just you, yourself, and you. You have no team, you don't have anyone to outsource to because you probably don't have the funding yet, you're super motivated but you're overwhelmed because let's be real, you've got a thousand things on your plate and it feels like everything is a complete disaster zone mess and you don't even know where to start in terms of organizing and managing all of the chaos. And that is why I asked my friend Jordan Gill to join me on the show today. If you don't know Jordan, Jordan Gill is the head honcho at Systems Saved Me where she helps online solopreneurs, that's you, decrease and dominate your daily to-do list. Jordan is going to help you wake up and know exactly what tasks to complete to automatically hit your revenue goals even if you're a team of one. Super exciting stuff today, you guys, because just because you're working by yourself, just because you're a team of one, does not mean you're not going to be successful. It does not mean that you can't manage the chaos and the mess of your everyday business. And it doesn't mean you're not going to be able to reach your goals. It just means that you need to be strategic about the systems that you put in place and how you execute those systems. Friendly reminder to subscribe to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast and to leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a review and who knows, you just might find yourself the super lucky winner of an Amazon gift card. We are raffling off a gift card to one of our reviewers once we reach our next 50 reviews. So what are you waiting for? Head on over there now and leave us that review. I'd also love it. If you pause the podcast for just a quick second and take a screenshot of you listening, share it on Instagram. Tag me at Eden Freed, tag Jordan at System Saved Me. It's going to be fun because when you tag us, we see that you're engaged, we see that you're participating, we see that you're listening, and we get to start a really cool conversation with you. So go ahead and tag us on Instagram and let us know that you are listening. All right, Rebels, let's turn it on over to this amazing interview with the one and only Jordan Gill. Hey, Jordan. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Eden. I'm super stoked to be able to chat with your audience. Absolutely. It's been, you know, we were chatting before we started recording, but I feel like we've seen each other on the internet a lot, but haven't really connected. So I'm really excited to have this excuse to be able to chat with you and learn from you and also share your brains with all of our listeners. (laughs) Yes, I know. I love when it's like, I don't even know, the internet gods like have you swirling around certain people and then all of a sudden it's like oh we finally get to connect like let's make it happen it's perfect um so we have a really great topic lined up for you guys today but I like to start all of our recordings all of our interviews by um just inviting our guests to share a little bit about their story and kind of how they got into entrepreneurship so tell us a little bit about that how'd you get into this world Totally. So this is such an odd world to get into, first off. Uh, (laughs) But secondly, uh, I have actually been in this world for almost six years, uh, but in my own business, about three and a half, almost four. So I actually worked for a big wig in the industry. Um, She's not as present as she is now. She's in the Amazon businesses and stuff. But uh, 
but she was helping women build online businesses. And so I worked for her for two years. It's really how I got into this was I was an employee of hers Mm -hmm. and I was her head of content and then moved into her head of operations. And that's kind of how then all the system stuff kind of uh, fell into place. And, you know, I worked for her for about two, two and a half years and I learned a lot. And for me, it was honestly like a God or gut thing, you know, whatever you believe in. Uh, For me, it's God. And he was just like, it's time for you to go. And I was like, um, (laughs) so type A, I plan things. This is not really how this goes. Uh, But I know one thing. And if you follow that voice or that feeling like, it's going to like actually really surprise you. And so I was like, all right, we'll see how this goes. Um, and I was like totally ready to like live in a dentist's basement, eat ramen, which I have celiac disease. So I'd basically die. And (laughs) I just was like, I'm going to do it though for the sake of freedom. So ridiculous. And I actually, um, gave six weeks notice because we were about to launch a new product. So I wanted to give ample time for them to, to prepare and to onboard somebody and within those six weeks, I was able to secure about $12,500 in recurring revenue um, in becoming part of a few people, a few clients' teams, doing similar stuff to what I was doing. And that to me was insane. So like May 1st, 2016, when I like totally was out there, like I had 12.5,000 coming in recurring, like from Every jump, which month. is very, yeah, which is wow. very rare. <laughs> For most people who are like, I'm going to take the leap. Uh, And, you know, there's been ups and downs since then, right? But it's, it, it always just, you know, when I think like, oh, you know, something is hard or oh, like all this stuff, I remember back to that and think like, you know what, you can always bet on yourself. Like, at least I can. I know that if my back is against the wall and Ish is really going crazy, like, I always know how to get myself out of it. So that's something that I think has just carried through the rest of my story. And, and yeah, so that's kind of how I got into the crazy world was about two years as an employee and then out on my own for, for a couple of years as well. That's insane. What, what were you doing before you even started working there with that person? Totally. So I was in the nonprofit world and that's a very fulfilling and broke life. Yeah. And and so I was like, (laughs) Uh, you know, I like money. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, I need to get out of this. And it's funny because I was actually following a woman that I, that I worked for, for about a year. And I remember, and I kid you not, I remember going to bed one night and saying like, if she just had a job, like I would just, it would be so great. And I kid you not the next morning, just one of her normal newsletters that she sent to her list had an opening and it was oh, for the head of content position. And I was like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know I'm coming. Like I am going to be it. Like I hype myself up a lot, but, um, you like and, manifest. are you into manifestation? You know, I'm so human design. I, some, I understand I'm a projector. Um, I'm like, there's like manifester, there's generator, there's a bunch of different things. I guess I'm good at it. I wouldn't <laughs> say that I'm aware that I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> So maybe if I become more aware, it would actually work out better for me. But, well, uh, but I mean, yeah, it works, so it's right? <laughs> right. It totally works. And so then, um, 
she uh, hired me on and, and it worked out really well. It was a beautiful partnership and, and I really enjoyed working for her. And I've learned a ton from her and how she ran her business. Um, Cause it was an eight figure online business. Um, so this, we were not playing around. There were like 16 developers on the team. It was, wow. It was a thing. So then, you know, going from that to like, I'm out here by myself, like yeah. trying to do this thing. It's like, <laughs> you don't have the same resources, Jordan, that you're used to. Um, so, so it takes a little bit of, <laughs> of the shock, um, getting over the shock to, to finally be like, all right, like what, who am I, what do I have and how can I make this work for me? <laughs> I love that story. And that's a perfect segue because obviously today we're going to be talking about how to manage a product-based business with a team of one, the one being you yourself. (laughs) And, you know, for you, that's a crazy transition. Like you said, going from this gigantic team, um, you know, from a a huge company essentially to working for yourself, that's a, a huge transition, but most, most entrepreneurs, especially the ones that listening to this podcast are going to be working as a team of one, just because they just started or they don't have the funds or they just have absolutely no desire to have a team. And that's totally fine too. Um, so one of the questions I really curious to hear your answer, um, four two, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> How do you really embrace that role as a team of one person as an individual with these big grand goals? Totally. So I am no longer a team of one right now. I'm a team of, I guess, technically four. Um, but I very much remember being a team of one and feeling like I just had, like everything felt like a limitation. And if you have that mindset, then everything will be a limitation. Mm-hmm. So I think that you really have to be careful about the words that you're using uh, with yourself when it comes to feeling like, you know, there's such, there's so many negative connotations about being one, like a single person. People are like, no, you're single. No one wants you. It's like, okay. Um, like, oh, like lonely or solo or like all these words just sound so like sad. Um, and I'm trying to really reframe the power of being one person in your business, like, because it is the most, flexible and adaptable you will ever be um it is this and you know fun is relative but i think also from a standpoint of just like the closest that you'll be to your clients or your students and and really engaging and and creating connection again that'll be the closest you probably ever are to your clients or your students so there really is so much more to celebrate when you are one person that I just want to highlight and showcase a lot more. Um, because I think, again, they're like, oh, you should just go hire a $5 Filipino VA or you should go do this. And it's like, there's so much more to hiring that people like yeah. even talk about. So I think for me, really the, the, I totally like forgot your question. I like went on a whole rant. What did you even ask? <laughs> No, you're on this like on this role. Um, so we're just talking about like embracing being that one person on your team. How you can actually do that? Yeah. So I think what's cool is you know I'm a connector by nature. So you know being by myself, I'm an ENTJ. If you're a Myers Briggs fan, for all of you, and so I have that E. So I love people and connecting. And I think that if you 
a lot of us have a hard time taking all of the um the accomplishments or celebrations as in like oh I did that right like oh I helped with that or like I assisted with that or like we did that together especially as women right and like when you are a team of one like it's all you honey boo boo like there's no one else that you can like spread this around to uh and so I I think it's actually a way a way that I helped with that because I'm terrible with still to this day kind of uh taking the I guess spotlight um and but one thing that kind of has helped me is is creating milestones for myself and then incentives so like okay if I I don't know solidify five clients this month then like that's a spa day for me the next month or stuff like that because I think if we are always looking for external validation in okay like I'm validated being a solopreneur from other people then you're you're it's just going to be a cycle of you trying to get that all the time and when you can just set your own milestones your own incentives for yourself then I think that actually builds your confidence a lot faster I love that. I'm going to come back to that in a second, but I do want to bounce back to something you mentioned earlier. Um, You said that a lot of people um, really fall into like their limit, the limitations, the limiting beliefs that they have. What are some examples of those that you've seen? Oh, good gracious. So (laughs) there's a lot. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say the main ones are everyone else is doing it. So why should I join the party? Uh, Definitely like, which is a little bit imposter syndrome, a little bit of competitive or competitor uh, mentality. Uh, oh, like, you know, I'm not pretty enough. Um, I don't have anything interesting to say. Uh, you know, I only have so many hours in the day. You know, I don't have a nanny and a hairdresser like Beyonce. Like, all of those things are just ways for you to, it's honestly you getting more joy out of excuses than actual success in your business I've never heard it put that way before but I love that I think it's so true you're welcome it is it's and it's I I'm so like I'm not um you know whenever I say things like this people are like oh that's because you haven't figured out like absolutely not right like I absolutely enjoy (laughs) giving excuses uh as well and but I'm able to catch them catch myself in them and get back into listen here like get over yourself move on like just because you don't feel pretty today doesn't mean you can't show up and give value or just because somebody else did a course about inbox management, you can't do one. Like, okay. Like Tesla is a new car that came out and there are other cars that have done electric and other stuff. And they could have just been like, Oh, there's already cars. There's already electric cars. We have nothing else to give, Mm -hmm. but Tesla came out with it anyway. And so I think a lot of us have to, to be careful with, with, those excuses because yeah it's 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 such an interesting avenue to go on because you're actually sabotaging yourself and uh, again self-sabotage is something that I know very well as well so all of this stuff is like very fresh with me uh probably say in the past year of just understanding all of these things I've been telling myself and what has slowed down my success or what has been a speed bump to my success and how can I now move past that and, and, or through it if I need to get through it. So. 
And I think that's super important, especially when you are operating as a team of one, because you don't necessarily have those people who can call you on your BS, you know, totally. like sometimes when you're working in a team, someone can be like, you know what, that sounds like an excuse to me, like get over it. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're yourself, that's it. Like you, you believe the limiting beliefs and you, you know, fall into them or you just, you're able to catch yourself, like you said, and just exactly. kind of like power through. Yeah. You mentioned incentives earlier, like giving yourself a spa treatment or things. So that, that sounds to me like KPIs, key performance indicators, um, which are very common in traditional corporate workplaces and not so yeah. common in the solopreneur realm of things. Uh, is that something that you recommend incorporating, like sitting, sitting down and saying, you know, if I reach this goal, this is what I'm going to get, kind of setting those growth parameters for yourself? Totally. Um, I. I have never set foot in corporate before. And so that's also an interesting, I guess, spin to me is like a lot of what people talk about, you know, I didn't know what KPIs were for the longest time. I didn't know what the water cooler was. I didn't know what any of that even was. So, you know, I just kind of was like, all right, well, if I want something done, like I'm going to attach it to something I want so that then I'm more likely to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, KPIs are big for me. and having incentives next to them is also really big and it's again not incentives that I guess seem too out of reach like for some reason some people are like oh I'm gonna save up for like a vacation or like something like that and not that that doesn't seem within reach but that just doesn't seem close enough I found for myself I'm like I need like instant gratification kind of uh it's very millennial of me to say but I have found you know and it's even silly things like okay if I like check off all my to-dos today then I'm gonna go and treat myself to a bubble bath with like chocolate covered strawberries and yeah it's like ridiculous could I do that regardless if I do the to-do list or not yes but for some reason I'm able to trick my brain and say like nope like you're not gonna get that bath if you whatever don't do all your to-dos or whatever it is so it's, it usually has to do with with self-care which I know some people are like well you should do it regardless but for me it's it's very motivating and I and I have a little bit of that like achiever mindset to where it actually is super beneficial so it works for me and I think whatever those incentives are for you just making sure that they aren't too far out to where you're like okay I'm still not hitting the like vacation budget of four thousand dollars for my family or whatever it is two thousand dollars like all right like I know I can go and like quickly get some sales and then go spend you know $200 at the spa for a massage and a facial like yeah. you know a little bit quicker gratification than than super long term sure yeah it keeps you motivated and you can have those bigger totally. long-term goals but like I agree with you it's definitely good to have those smaller more achievable ones yeah yeah so as a team of one, obviously you're doing the bulk of the majority. I mean, all of it, honestly, 100%. What am I talking about the bulk? You're doing everything. Let's be real. Yep. So you're doing all the work. Um, we all have strengths and weaknesses in our personal lives, in our professional lives. So how do we identify those strengths and use them to power our business? Forward? Yeah. So I'm a big, and you probably have no y'all are listening uh you probably have noticed that I've dropped a bunch of different like assessments like human design or Myers-Briggs I'm an assessment junkie so uh one assessment that I am like uber obsessed with is strength finders and 
it's a simple like I think it's like 20 bucks to take the quiz it gives you like your top five strengths and I'm really big in digging into your strengths rather than trying to get better at your weaknesses like I know I'm not going to ever be an epic graphic designer I have no desire to be an epic graphic designer. Like that is going to be somebody else on my team stat. Um, so, you know, my, and that's a, a skill per se, but for strength finders, they kind of give you like areas really. And so my, Eden, have you done strength finders? I've actually never done it. No, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. You'll have to check it out. Um, and then tell me what yours are. So, uh, so my strengths are, um, uh, the first one is significance, which I thought at first I was like, oh my gosh, like I think I'm super significant. Like, what does that even mean? Uh, but it actually just means that I don't do any work unless it actually has deep meaning, which okay. is very, very yeah. true. I do not like to do flaky nonsense. Like, it's just ugh, like it just feels terrible to me. So I like doing work that means something. So that's significance is, is my first strength. And I'm really good at doing the work that, I, that has deep meaning to me. The second is individualization. So I see each person as a unique snowflake. Um, and then it's funny because my third strength kind of like debunks that, but it's, um, it's uh, analyzer, which literally is about finding patterns and trends between things. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's, so I think that's a really interesting duality of yeah. mine is like, I see you as like one siloed person, but then I can also see trends across people, across subjects, all of that. And then my fourth strength is focus. So I'm like hardcore, like do not disturb mode on the phone, like in my cave, uh, and then maximizer is my fifth. And so that's really about, I want to take this one nugget and I'm going to like make it expand into as many options as possible. So that's my strengths. And I just realized the more that I stuck to a business model, to, um, the day-to-day -day work that is as close to my strengths as possible, it, it literally is night and day difference for me. And so I always want to encourage people to investigate themselves and to really get to know who you are and your preferences. And even if they're small preferences, like they all matter because they're part of a bigger congruency of who you are. And, you know, a, a very clear example is when I started my business, I was doing ongoing monthly retainer work. Then about five months into it, I guess, uh, however many months until September, I guess that's four months. September happened and I call it launch Mageddon, but it was four out of my five clients were launching and they all were seven figure business owners. And I was like, this is madness. <laughs> like they don't care that other people, like other clients of mine are launching, right? It's their launch. And apparently September is a big launch month. And I was like, never again. So I let go of the majority of my clients. I kept one <laughs> um, the, by the next month. And I decided that I was going to work in short bursts. So like intensives and VIP weekends, that's the only way you can work with me. Like I don't work over months with people anymore. And that has been hands down one of the best decisions I've made in my business. Um, it means that I'm on more sales calls, but I like connecting with people. So that also benefits me um, in, in that way. So, 
you know, I focus and, and the significance really works well with intensives and VIP weekends because I can go really deep in a really short amount of time um, and not, you know, just kind of when you work month to month with people, sometimes it's like, all right, we're doing all this frilly stuff randomly and it's like not motivating. So for me, that switch was really big. Looking at my strengths, deciding, okay, if focus is my strength, like how can I stay focused focus for months and months and months on end? Like that just doesn't equate with how my body works, how my brain works, all of that. So I batch a lot in my business as well. I batched like uh, six months of, of podcast content in three days. Like Wow. I'm very hardcore with my batching. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, and people are like, what is wrong with you? But that is, that's just how I'm wired. Like if you just sit me down for a couple of days, I will knock out more than if you talk to me across three months. Like it, it's silly almost, but you have to really stay true to yourself and really look at how do I work best? Like, you know, bump everybody else, especially as a solopreneur. Great. Like you literally don't have to answer to how anyone else works or make anything else work really for other people. It's really, you know, how, how can I best serve my clients? How can I best serve myself, um, and my family, um, and, and make my business built based on that versus like, Oh, I like this person's business model over there. Let me try that. Like, will it work? Maybe, Mm -hmm. but I think looking at yourself more than others is, is key, is really, really key in the, in the solopreneur space. Yeah, definitely. Now this test, it's called strength finder. You said, yes. Okay. And when you took it, I know some of it, you were like, okay, yeah, this is totally me, but was there any part of it that you felt resistant to any results that you were like, I don't know if that's actually me. The, the significance one just because I didn't know what that meant. I was immediately like, I don't even want to read the rest of this because the word significance, how I interpreted it was, oh, I think I'm significant. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, no. Like, (laughs) how did this happen? Like, what, I have like such like a helper personality. Like, how did this happen? Uh, And then I actually read the definition. Uh, I actually stepped away and I came back (laughs) because I was so upset. Uh, But everything else was really spot on. It's interesting because there's a few other strengths that I am aware of that I was like, why didn't I get that one? But it's, it's less about like, oh, I'm not those other whatever. Like I still have totally, I guess, have some of those incorporated, but like achiever, um, learner, like I would think some of those would be in my top because I would say that those are very core to who I am, but it, it actually the more I've just really read into those and they actually have a really great podcast as well. The strength finders people Gallup um, is the company and listening to some of their podcasts and, and hearing people who have similar strengths to me. I'm like, Oh, this like, this really so is me. Like this makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Those tests, because I used to be super resistant to any kind of like quiz that generates something that tells you who you are. Like, you know, that to me always felt like silly in a box. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But Mm -hmm. You know, it is kind of like you said, just because you fall into these categories doesn't mean you're not also a little bit of other things. It's just like, these are the primary things that kind of make up the core of who you are. Totally. Agree. Okay. So the one thing I noticed you mentioned, you said something like you're not a graphic designer. um, And now you have a team where, you know, you can say, okay, you're, you're going to do the graphic design for me. 
what if, you know, you don't have that. There are things that you're not good at. It's not in your strengths, but you don't have that team to outsource to. What are, what do you do for that? Do you just like let it all fall to the wayside or do you have a Yeah. Problem? Yeah. So how I look at team of one, there's really three areas that you're managing and that's it. So you have leads. And then you have clients or students or customers or whatever you call your people who buy from you and then your business and like looking at the different areas and where your strengths are there, there's really one area in business that if it's not your strength, I pretty much tell you suck it up and deal with it. Um, get better at it is sales. Mm -hmm. Um, because like that's your business. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) right. Um, And eventually you can technically outsource that. But if you are a solopreneur and that is not a strength of yours, that's something that you need to dive into. But other than that, I found that then, okay, kind of working around that. So for me, when I was by myself, just creating terrible graphics, um, you know, I just, I honestly just use the the Canva templates and switch out the colors. Like those are already designed technically by like a graphic designer. I'm just switching out the colors, copy paste and, and move on. Um, if you're not a great writer, like maybe then joining, um, like a membership for writing that will help you be better at it. Um, there's plenty of people I know that have like monthly, uh, I think Jasmine Starr has like a social curator where she gives you caption prompts or whatever Mm -hmm. so then you just answer the question as your caption and you move on uh or I know people who are part of a uh like I guess copywriting monthly subscription situation where like there's an hour every week where you come and you say like I need to get this writing done and then a, a copywriter will review your work during that hour and so joining something like that and I think that was like 97 a month so like really then leaning into and finding ways that you can either get prompts or templates for the things that you're not good at is really crucial then for your team of one aspect. And not that that isn't helpful also for your strengths, but your strengths come much easier to you and the time flies by and it's just great and life is wonderful. Um, For the things that you aren't good at, I would say look for those templates, those prompts, calculators if you're not great at at, uh, math or taxes there's so many of those resources out there for you to just plug and play in the areas that you're not super great at yeah and another thing that always gets me through is the idea of progress over perfection like your graphics they don't have to be perfect and I know that there's graphic designers listening saying like you suck don't listen to (laughs) even but I you know like I'm doing pretty well for myself I'm not a graphic you know what I mean like it's totally it's just there are more important things you know you don't have to be perfect at everything in order to be successful Um, all right so talk to me about some of the big mistakes that people who are operating as a team of one make when they're trying to reach their goals and you know whatever those may be yes so uh this is actually i'm um a a coach in a program um uh, it's called scale success with caitlin batcher and uh we did some training as a team and she basically shared some of the, the mindset hurdles of somebody who was making less than $250,000, um, which I am, I'm, I've been hovering and plateauing right under that for like two years. So this is mm-hmm. why mindset has been like a thing for me. Cause I'm like, Meh. so, yeah. um, I realized like 
she kind of shared, you know, three, three different mindset things and, and, you know, I've really adapted and kind of honed them a little bit. So for her, um, the three kind of mindset hurdles, um, and I'll then add mistakes to that. The mindset hurdles are like, what if I'm disappointing someone, which is really big for me. Um, cause I'm a connector. So I like disappointing people sounds terrible. And even growing up, I guess, whatever, but even growing up, my, my mom was like a, a yeller, um, when I was, uh, doing bad or whatever. And my dad would never yell. He would say the words, I'm disappointed in you. I would ball my, my mom would be yelling at me, not phased, not phased. (laughs) My mom would say, or my dad would say that I would die. Like I was just putty. Like I was so upset about it. So like the disappointment piece for me has been really, really big um, for me to, to personally get over. Um, So I've had to take a couple disappointment showers, like in my business this year, where it's like, all right, keep it coming. Like, I'm just going to deal with all this disappointment. It's fine. Um, And you know, you get over it and you're fine and move through it. But at the time it's like, this is the worst. Um, So what if I'm disappointing someone? what if this doesn't work? Right. So we, we look for all these surefire things like, okay, if I plug one here and one here, it's going to equal two and my business is going to blow up and be successful. And, you know, to that, I kind of like, I'm like, well, what happened to like the fun experimentation, like mm-hmm. part of business? Um, I think that you really miss out when you don't look at your business as an experiment, um, especially in your solopreneur phase, because you don't know really what works. Yeah. Like that's the whole point of that first part is like, (laughs) let's see what works and like all of this stuff. And so I think a lot of marketing people do prey on like, oh, like, you know, you should stop throwing spaghetti at the wall because it's just terrible and all this stuff. And, and yeah you know, I, I can agree to some extent. And like, it's also, they're just in that phase of business. Like I was totally in that phase of business and I've learned so many lessons through that, that actually have helped me. So whenever I've looked at, you know, am I going to join this program? Am I going to do this training? Am I going to do this? Like I, instead of looking at it with the lens of like, this has to work or, you know, what if this doesn't work? I just look at it like, okay, how many months am I going to give this my all? Yeah. And that has totally helped too without having this like insane pressure of like, oh, it's like, okay, I know that I'm going to give it my all for three months and see how it goes or six months or a month or whatever it is and go from there. Mm -hmm. So it's really about your commitment because if you're saying, what if this doesn't work? You're already counting it out. You're already saying and putting the energy out there that this is not going to work. That's, and that's kind of like, you know, giving yourself an ultimatum. And I I hear that, especially, you know, at the time that we're recording this right now, it's the end of 2019, this is going to air into 2020. But um, this time of year, people are giving themselves all kinds of ultimatums for the new year, instead of setting like a resolution for how to be better or whatever. They're like, if at the end of 2020, I'm not achieving X, that's it. You know, I'm thrown in the towel. And that's so bad to me because it's like, you're okay with it. You're okay at the end of the year if it didn't work because you, you know, you gave yourself that ultimatum. Right. Yeah, I 100% (laughs) agree. So yeah, that's the mistake of that one is don't, you know, don't go into everything wondering if this is going to work or what if it doesn't work and feeling like you have to have all these 
like stipulations just say okay i'm willing to commit to this for three months Mm -hmm. i'm willing to commit to this for a month however long that is uh and then the third one is really like i'm not good enough and like oh my gosh totally do i think i am the 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 most genius systems person on the planet no do i think i'm the the best systems person in our industry no do i think it's like and that's okay yeah and and you know this one i'm not gonna say is it's not my again the disappointment one is definitely number one for me uh as far as those three i would say this one was probably number three if i was ranking them um this one was probably my lowest issue one but i know that a lot of people see all these other people being successful, even if you don't even know how much money they're making, uh, or how like how many clients they've even helped, like all of these sorts of things, you know what me- what what are you using to measure that? Like, are you using the picture of them in front of the Eiffel Tower as them being successful? Because thousands of people every day take pictures in front of the Eiffel Tower and are not successful. So, like, for you to put that as a measure of success and say, well, I'm not good enough until I get that picture. Like, this is absurd. Like, we have to, like, and again, I'm not trying to be super blunt um, and whatever else, but at the same time, I think we kind of have to shake up our mindset with that stuff. Like, and, and, you know, I actually just talked last week about comparisonitis, and, um, and I bring up the Eiffel Tower photo because nothing irks me more, and if you have this, like, I'm, I so love you and be but one thing that really irks me seeing on the interwebs is the photo of the women in front of the Eiffel Tower in some sort of pink like bell dress with balloons in their hand oh yeah the same photo across the entire interweb and I'm like why is everyone doing this photo and it like irks me and then I'm like okay wait a second like why am I bothered by this like what am I choosing this photo to mean and what I'm choosing to make this photo mean is that, like, that's the only way people are going to be drawn to you or that this is the, the picture of success in the online business industry. So I'm like, okay, if I'm choosing to mean that, like, can I find anyone who is successful who doesn't have that photo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. So it's like, okay, get over yourself, Jordan. It's a picture, yeah. deal with it, right? So it's, you know, it's, it's something for everyone. And, but it really is crucial for you to, to really look at what it is that's rustling your feathers or what's just like driving you nuts. And you're choosing for that to mean something like that doesn't actually mean what it is that you are making it out to mean right so it's all about perspective and so when you're looking you know the the myth of i'm not good enough um being in your head like the mistake of that is then choosing to to look at a picture or look at a font or look at an offering and choose that to mean what success looks like in our industry that's the biggest mistake um and so instead again going back to what i talked about earlier about strengths like instead look at your own strengths like if you look at the you know marie forleo's or amy porterfields or rachel hollis or whoever else like they have done really well because of a lot of things and because they've like fully like dip themselves in like a Sunday of themselves 
and like stay true to it like if all of a sudden like marie folio was like singing country music or something but she's big into hip-hop i'd be like what's happening here like because that doesn't fit like she is all hip-hop pop stuff um if amy porterfield all sounds like i'm not gonna do my podcast anymore i'm gonna start blogging i'd kind of be like okay like (laughs) you can do that but also why are we like this there's just things so it's like don't dip yourself into somebody else's sunday just make your own sunday like just be who you are like if you got sprinkles if you're chocolate covered be you and like show up that way because that is a hundred percent going to get you further than just cloning somebody else and putting your face you know it's one of those like photoshop jobs that's really bad that's like somebody else's body and like your face yeah like it doesn't feel right and it looks terrible (laughs) the end so stop doing it um so it's funny because i i lean into you know i love jigsaw puzzles which most people are like i'm 29 years old and people are like how old are you and i'm like i have the soul of an 85 year old it's totally fine um i love chai tea and fireplaces and puzzles so like you know and I was almost afraid to share that even though that's how I spent literally the majority of my time and but the more I've shared that like the more people have been even if they aren't puzzle people like they still are just attracted because I'm able to just like stand out and be like yeah yeah Friday night I'm starting this like Michelangelo puzzle it's like a thousand pieces it's taking me three days to create do the border but I'm still working through it like you know so it's and it's more fun. Like, isn't yeah. it more fun to show up as yourself? Like, I, it's, I just, it's also just easier. You know, for a long time, I also, like, in the very beginning, I think it's very common for people, they just, they see what's working for somebody and they're like, okay, I need to just do that. I need to use the same fonts. I need to take the same kind of pictures. And this yeah. is especially true on social media where, like, there are women who are just so made up and, you know, yeah. that's just who they are. You know, they are totally. like, and that's great for them. And then there's me over here with like my frizzy hair and like my eyebrows that haven't been done in like five years. (laughs) And you know, like I'm not that person and to try to be that person is so difficult and just so inauthentic. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't work. So, you know, if you don't like my frizzy hair, then go find somebody who doesn't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, you're gonna have to find somebody else too over here because I got frizzy hair too. (laughs) Oh, I love it. All right. So we had some great uh, nuggets of wisdom from this conversation. So so thank you so much for that. Um, If we had to kind of like boil it all together with like one big takeaway um, for people who are, you know, working um, as a team of one and trying to launch this product business, what would that be? Not to just put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot anyway. (laughs) Yep. But it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. So if, if there was one takeaway for solopreneurs, it would be, this is something that somebody must have gifted to me because I don't think I came up with it. Um, but find a way to, to start collecting like a happy folder, um, where you're taking comments on social media, you're taking emails that you get text messages, Voxer messages, Instagram DMS, however you connect with people, screenshot and put it in the happy folder. And when you're feeling like you're not good enough, when you're feeling like you've disappointed a bunch of people, or if you feel like you are wondering if anything's working, like what if this next thing doesn't work, et cetera, go and read your happy folder and actually realize how many people that you've impacted, that you've helped, that you've shown up for. Because I think a lot of us, myself included, uh, 
were like have i even actually helped anybody like i know people whatever like what am i really doing right and when i'm able to go and like read through that and realize that you know i have x amount of of proof or evidence that i've helped people like realize and like probably 10x that of actual people that you've impacted because there's a lot of people who just don't share that stuff Mm -hmm. um and that actually used to be a hurdle funny enough of mine was i wanted to know every single person that i impacted that was like originally in my business so i would purposefully kick people off my email list purposefully like only it was so interesting. Like if somebody bought something from mine and they I didn't know their name, like it bothered me. And so when I would go and like, be like, well, let's have a coffee chat. Like, and it was so limiting. It was so silly. Like what you're feeding your ego for what, like, why do you need to know every single person that you've impacted? Does everybody who has impacted, you know, who you are? The answer is definitely no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, that's something that I think solopreneurs with keeping their confidence up and realizing their imprint on their clients, their audience on social media, their responses and inbox, like realizing their actual impact, I think is the biggest and most simple thing that you can start to collect as a solopreneur to keep your confidence up and to, again, kind of ride the motivation train. I love that idea. I'm totally, totally going to steal it because I don't currently do that. And there are, you know, you see that me, what's it, a meme or graphic with the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you're riding the highs and then you're right. like, all right, crash and burn. Yeah. <laughs> so that happy folder will definitely come in handy for those moments. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, Jordan, this has been amazing. Tell us where we can find you online. Yes, absolutely. So, I'm pretty much system saved me everywhere. Um, but website is a good place to go and check out some cool, fun resources. Um, so systemsaveme.com. Uh, and really Facebook and Instagram are my main jams. Um, so facebook.com slash system save me and then the handle system saved me on Instagram. I love to DM. I love to chat. I do a lot of like polls and questions and stuff like that on my Instagram stories. So, um, so if Instagram's your jam, then definitely come and hang out over there. Perfect. And you have a workshop, five-step framework to decrease and dominate your daily to-do list. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, it is really, again, going deeper into my framework for solopreneurs and being able to work um, as streamlined as possible. So kind of going from like overworked one woman show to like a streamlined solopreneur, like that is my jam. And so, yeah, if you're interested in digging deeper into really decreasing and dominating your daily to-do list, then go ahead. I'm going to create a special link, um, for y'all, uh, and go to systemsamey.com slash rebel, um, for all y'all listeners. And you can just go there, um, and sign up and it's a free workshop and and you can enjoy it from there. Amazing. And we'll share that link in the show notes as well. Thank you again for hanging out with us and we hope to talk to you again soon. Yes. Thanks so much, Eden. It was so fun. Next time on Rebel Boss Ladies, you're going to hear a personal launch success story from a first-time online course creator. We're going behind the scenes of her launch planning, product creation, and strategy. You will not want to miss this one. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you love this episode, don't forget to leave us a review. Your support means everything to me. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.